Welcome to the uh, the second episode of our new ACC Now podcast, Resurrected ACC Now podcast. Steve Wiseman and I made a joke last week about theme music goes here, and then it turns out we actually did have theme music. So this time around, the theme music goes here. I am uh, News and Observer Sports columnist Luke Decock, hosting for the second straight podcast. I promise I will not host all of them. But today, Jonas Pope is with me, our NC State beat writer. And a big day for NC State, getting its finally, after several years, uh, its ruling from the NCAA and the independent, uh, all right, I can't even remember what IARP stands for, Jonas. What does IARP stand for? Um, I always copy and paste it, so I just have uh, IARP myself. Let's see what it stands for. Independent. uh... Independent Accountability Resolution Process. Uh, so finally, uh, yeah, so this, this obviously we're talking about the uh, NC State case, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Mark Gottfried, the alleged 40,000 plus delivered to Dennis Smith to get him to go to NC State. Uh, all of this came out of the federal prosecution of Adidas, which has uh, ensnared a number of basketball programs. But this has been hanging over NC State for literally years now. Uh, Mark Gottfried was, was fired uh, after that dismal uh, season uh, with Dennis Smith, where the Wolfpack went 15 and 17. Uh, Jonas, it's it's been there your entire time on the beat. What's it like to have it over? Yeah, I think it's been there the entire time I've been in the triangle in, in this area. So um, it's a huge relief for NC State for, for sure, because people were bringing up on the recruiting trails with Kevin Keats. And it was just something that was, like you said, people were, I, I remember asking recruits about it when I was a recruiting beat writer. I was covering recruiting and preps. That was something that, you know, I had to always bring up to recruits. Like, hey, what do you think about this NCAA stuff, this cloud over the program? And, you know, it, I'm sure that did not make Kevin Keats happy that his uh, prospective NC State players or some guys who were considering NC State had to hear that question from me. And I'm sure I wasn't the only person who was bringing it up over the last three or four years. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I know it's one of those things that they don't have to discuss anymore. You know, you and I, we just talked to Boo Corrigan, and, and like you said, they ended so many conversations with, so what's going on with the NCAA thing? You know, I've only been on the beat for for two seasons now, and every now, you know, every few months, I'll reach out to Fred Demarest and be like, hey, so any update on the NCAA stuff? So I'm sure everyone involved from the media standpoint to on campus in the athletics department is, is relieved that it's not something that we have to bring up even ask about anymore. It's interesting, too. So NC State goes through the IARP process, which is different. Oklahoma State and Auburn went through the NCAA Council of Infractions process, the, the old way, so to speak. NC State uh, got in really a pretty significant shouting match with the NCAA over some of the stuff before it was referred to the IARP. I've hired some of the same lawyers that UNC had hired uh, dealing with its academic fraud allegations, uh, hired a bunch of other lawyers, a lot of lawyers. Uh, and, and NC State ends up without a postseason man. Auburn and Oklahoma State, Auburn self-imposed. Oklahoma State got slapped with one this year after rolling the dice with Cade Cunningham last year. Any thoughts, Jonas, on the fact that NC State gets out of this without that postseason ban? I mean, I, obviously, this would be actually probably be a good year for one because NC State certainly uh, not the team it was kind of hoping it would be. And there, you know, there are reasons for that that we can get into shortly. Uh, but but your thoughts, sort of, on the way this worked out. I think if you're if you're in State, it worked out about as about as well as you could hope for. I mean, 
<laughs> like you just said, a lot of people jokingly said, or half jokingly, it was like, you know, we should just self-impose a band this year because we're not that good. But I respect, you know, Boo and, and the whole staff. Like, no, we're going to stand strong and we're going to we're going to self-impose things that we that we, we thought you know would be should be addressed. But we're going to fight some of this other stuff and not just lay down to the, to the NCAA. But I mean, the way it worked out, I just you, you can't come out on top of this any better, considering like what happened a couple of years ago with Dennis Smith Jr. and allegedly and Mark Garfield. But you know, they'll they'll lose a scholarship and there'll be some recruiting things, but. The opportunity to play for a postseason, they have to take down those wins from that year. I mean, that year was probably forgettable anyway for, oh, for most NC State I mean, fans. The best, the best moment of that season Doesn't was count. Dennis Smith's dunk <laughs> against Duke, which didn't count anyway. It came didn't after count, the buzzer. Yeah. Well, now that yeah. whole game is out, uh, you know, the, the the disaster, the debacle in Chapel Hill still counts. Yeah. That There's no way to get that stain off the program, uh, although getting yeah. rid of, obviously, Dennis and Mark Godfrey certainly helps. Uh, but yeah, there's, there is a fresh start here for NC State. There's a, a chance to move forward, which is what I wrote for my column. Uh, and for Kevin Keats, who's been around uh, a hair longer than you, although not that long, long enough to be the longest serving coach in the triangle all of a sudden in men's basketball, uh, which is a, a pretty significant change considering who the other guys were. Right. <laughs> but it, it, for the first time in his entire tenure at NC State, really, uh, almost his entire tenure, he, he's not dealing with this and it's it's it really is a, a blank page for him for the first time and you know my argument all along has been he's caught some bad breaks you know he had two none and done recruits in the one and done era and even if one of those guys maybe was unlikely to show up on campus anyway odds are against both of them never playing he's lost his best player twice now to season-ending injuries and uh, he had an NCAA tournament team in 2020 that didn't get a chance because of COVID and he had an NCAA tournament team in 2019 that should have made the tournament, quite frankly. Uh, that got screwed by the committee. So uh, he's, he's caught some, some, some bad breaks in his time there. And there was a mess to clean up. I mean, Mark Godfrey did not exactly leave this program in terrific shape. So it'll be interesting to see now what, what Kevin Keats can do, not only in recruiting, which is, is obviously where this has had the biggest impact, but on the basketball court, just kind of with that pressure off, with that weight off, uh, of, of his shoulders and the program shoulders. It's an, it's an interesting sort of way to get clean sort of in the middle of a season when, you know, uh, losing Manny Bates in the first minute of the first game doesn't tend to lead to, you know, you wouldn't think good things would happen, but certainly NC state has shown some, some signs of life and the, you know, relying pretty heavily on, on two sophomores and a freshman. I mean, obviously there are other sophomores and freshmen, but those are the ones who come to mind for me. There's certainly some promise there for the future, although you know, it, it can be hard to see at times. This can be a hard team to watch at times. Uh, but then again, you know, the way they played really for 30, what do we want to say, 36 minutes against Purdue? Well, all the regulation, well, yeah, pretty much 30. They, they never trailed until overtime. So, yeah, pretty much 40 minutes against Purdue. Well, no, because Purdue rallied late. But yeah, 36 minutes against Purdue. Um, you know, the fight they showed in the comeback against Louisville. I think you, you were there for the Louisville game where they were down double digits and they, and they yeah. fought and came back and lost. They, they had two mental laps. Well, they, they, I wouldn't even call those mental laps. Those were just two prayers answered by Louisville. Those two crazy shots they hit towards the end of the shot clock. Now you um, got to make your free throws too, but still. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You definitely have to make your free throws. That's why they got beat by Richmond and Charlotte because they could not make free throws. Um, yeah, but this team, is they've shown flashes, enough flashes for you to think, like, oh, man, they can compete with anyone in the nation. You know, the Purdue game. But then enough moments to make you slap your face in your palm like oh my god what are you doing a la you know going going to the buzzer almost with bethune cookman 
and then losing to Richmond on a neutral court in Charlotte last Friday. So it's, it's one of those teams, you know, it's not even we're still in December. I've already accepted the fact like you just don't know which team is going to show up on any given night. They can they can play above their heads against Purdue and Louisville, but then play down to no offense to Bethune-Cookman and Richmond, but play down yeah. to Bethune-Cookman and Richmond. So you just any given night is going to go down to the wire, it seems like, with this thing. I, I would argue, I, like, I had Richmond in my top 25 kind of over the summer before they had some injuries and, and oh, roster. Seeing them, that's, that's a good team. It's a good team. No, seeing them in person, I, I felt um, – I didn't I – didn't, no disrespect to Richmond. And I just I just see the name and, like, oh, it's Richmond. This is the state. But, no, when they came out for warm-ups, I was like, oh, no, no, no. That looks like a tournament team. They, they have the piece. They, they look the part. So, no they, disrespect to any Richmond fans out there. Yeah, they, and they may yet get there, but they're not they, – they had a chance if things had gone their way sort of, you know, like if you're looking at them in April, they had a chance to be like, a, you know, like St. Bonaventure is, who was started the year in the, in the top 25 or, or San Francisco, who's still in my top 25. And I don't really understand why they're not in other people's uh, one of those schools that kind of has things go their way. But that's I, I you know, I, I totally agree. I wrote that after the Louisville game. Like you just you never know what you're going to get with this team. You just know that it's not going to be like in the middle. They're either going to be really good. <laughs> or really bad. And I, and I think to be fair to NC State, part of that is having like a, a high usage score like Jericho Helms, who can be a little erratic, uh, especially from long range. And part of that is just being young. You know, you've yeah. got a sophomore point guard. You've got a sophomore big man feeling, you know, who's kind of taken most of the load of Manny Bates. Uh, you've got uh, a sophomore who's really taken as big a leap as I can remember between his freshman and sophomore years as, as anyone in a long time, the ACC in Darian Sebron, who's just kind of uh, shows aggressiveness. Uh, he's big. He's not afraid to go to the rim. He's really good in ball screen situations. There's a you know there's a lot to like there with him. He can shoot a little bit. And then obviously uh, of the freshmen, there are a few. I, I think Turquavian Smith has been the most impressive. Uh, I think everybody would say that. But I think there's still some hopes hope. That some of those other guys, uh, you know, Brian Pass and, and that group can can potentially develop. And then Casey Morsell, I don't think we've really had the best look at what he can do uh, coming from Virginia. It's just kind of hard to say at this point. Uh, I don't feel like I like he's totally got his feet on the ground quite yet. And obviously now he's you know he's dealing with some injury issues. Yeah, he, he's the one guy, and I wouldn't even say I was disappointed. I'm not disappointed, but I'm like you. I just feel like there's a lot more to him that we haven't seen yet. And, Again, he missed a couple of games with some injuries, so he's a, he's a transfer, learning a new system and everything, playing a whole different style. I, I just think he's one of those guys, maybe once they get into play and things start clicking, that they, we'll see a, a, a lot a lot of improvement from him that will help his team out in a, in a big way. But like you said, they're, they are so young, and you saw it. Uh, I saw it firsthand against Richmond because Richmond's a veteran team. Richmond starts two yeah, graduates, yeah, junior, yeah. sophomore. Yeah, they're an old team, and they just did whatever they wanted. And NC State – defensively couldn't communicate and Richmond was just like playing this is we've done this a million times together on the floor like we know what to do we can do it without even talking about it just do it and you can just tell the state defenders you know had no clue they didn't know where to be they weren't talking and Richmond was backdoor cutting in the death and just easy layups to kind of to kind of seal the game it looked like five on four at times yeah oh yeah yeah for sure because because the NC State I mean as, as good as EB is Blocking shots and securing rebounds, like he can get lost on defense sometimes. You know, you put him in a pick and roll, he just is like, well, his man's wherever. To be fair to him, he wasn't expecting to play anywhere close to this much. I mean, he's getting that's true. Yeah, you that's know, true. Uh, most of man, what would have been Manny Bates's minutes, and this was kind of supposed to be a developmental year for him. I, I would argue that maybe he's 
the most impressive NC State player because no one expected anything from him really other than to, you know, kind of be five fouls when needed and, and give Manny a, a break. And he's he's played some pretty good minutes. In fact, the times where they've sort of fed him when he's kind of gotten hot, like the second half of the Louisville game, it really creates kind of a new dimension on that offense that isn't there otherwise, which can be sort of a either a, a ball screen driving team or or at its worst can be can get to become kind of a jump shooting team. Yeah. I, I- I say this every game when it comes to EB and, and, and Jalen Gibson and maybe even Ernest Ross. Like you gotta you gotta throw the ball into those guys to at least have a threat of an inside presence. Like you can't yeah. play, like you said, four on five and just dribble around the perimeter and let them get offensive rebounds that be the only touches they get. Like you gotta at least throw it in there every now and then to to make the threat. And I like you said, when EB late in the game as they started giving him the ball, he scores, he dunks, he 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 puts the ball in the basket, but they gotta start doing it earlier. But to your to your point, you're right. He, he's probably the most impressive one because he wasn't expected to contribute at all. He's proven to be a very good shot blocker. Um, not like Manny, but pretty good. Um, yeah, useful for sure. Yeah, very useful. But he, if he stays out of foul trouble and kind of picks, he, he, you can see it clicking a little bit faster for him than a, than you can see it for Jalen Gibson or for Ernest Ross. I, I, I joke all year that the three of those guys combined provide a pretty good basketball player. <laughs> you're you're channeling the. Uh... For Roy Williams, if I could get Desmond Hubert and Bryce Johnson in the same body, I'd have a, a pretty good player. He ended up with a pretty good player in one of them. Uh, but yeah. that was for most of those guys. And that's, hey, like, we're talking about big men and college big men especially. It can take a while. It can be it can be a process. It can be, uh, uh, you know, I you don't see typically like what happened with Mark Williams at Duke last year where the light came on in the middle of the year. You see yeah. that to me, you see that with guards. You don't necessarily yeah. see that very often with big men. So I think, you know, in, in Evie's case, he's he's come a long way. Let's real quick here. Let's put a bow on the big news of the day on the IARP stuff. Any final thoughts on that kind of where it's come from, where it's going? Uh, you know, any any anything else you want to say about that? I just think NC State did it the right way. They stood their ground on what they believed was right, what was wrong. They didn't self-impose. They didn't jump out there too soon and self-impose and hurt themselves. And they <laughs> hate to go all with Joel and B, but they, they trust the process. They, they trust the NCAA and in the, in the whole in the panel, which a lot of schools and, and people don't want to do. And again, aside from losing a scholarship, being on probation, and paying a, a, a five thousand dollar fine, which is really gonna hurt their pockets, I think they, they really came out, you know, on, on a good end of this, as, as best you could hope for. Yeah, it's pretty close to a best case scenario. And- you know, the, the 5,000 fine is going to be, you know, nickels and dimes compared to what they yeah. have Boeing and legal fees because the legal bills on this and uh, and we've requested those. We'll get those. They're they're extraordinary. I mean, they're going to be extraordinary when you hire law firms like these. They don't come cheap. But as North Carolina showed a few years ago, you know, you can out lawyer the NCA now. You didn't used to be allowed lawyer the NCA. But if you hire the right lawyers and you hire enough of them and you fight every little battle instead of conceding anything. And NC State, look, where NC State conceded, it screwed up. It screwed up the ticket list. It screwed up yep. the parking. Like, it flat out, you have a staff member responsible for not screwing that up, and that staff member screwed up. So you don't really have a lot of ground to stand on there. But they really did want to fight the, the argument that what Mark Gottfried and, and Orlando Early were alleged to have done with Dennis Smith was done independently. And then they hired the lawyers to make that argument for them and did it well. I, you know, the I, I will never fully internalize when you go back to the federal law, you know, the federal prosecution, the, you know, the, the, the 
Southern District of New York and putting all these assistant coaches in jail for no reason and the Adidas stuff. I will never get used to the idea that NC State somehow legally was the victim in all of this. You know, that that NC State, that Adidas and Dennis Smith and all these people, Dawkins and Code and all these names that we've forgotten now that we've moved on, uh, somehow conspired to defraud poor NC State, which is the victim, even as NC State still has been collecting millions upon millions from Adidas. Uh, yeah. That sort of legal fiction will never settle well with me. But, you know, the and the, the other funny part of this is we spent all this time, four years, hacking around with this. It's all legal now. You know, if you right. wanted to, if you wanted that, if Adidas wants to sign Dennis Smith to a deal, well, he's still in college now. It can do whatever it wants as long as the school signs off on it. You know, it's like uh, Paolo Bancaro getting pulled over, driving a Jeep registered to a custom car shop in northern Durham County. You know, a year ago, that would have been a massive scandal. Now, right. Duke's, like, com- yeah. Duke, Duke's compliance guy is like, oh, yeah, he's that we we signed off on that. And it's done. It's over. Yeah. So the, yeah. the world is changing. And I, th- I I would hope that these rulings, to a certain extent, the, the, the process, the adjudication process is so Byzantine that it, it doesn't get taken into account like these people are in their little bubbles. But going forward, I think we'll see, you know, the you know, the, the UMass tennis player who lost her national title or conference title because they had a accidentally were getting paid for a landline in their room and didn't even know it like that kind of nonsense we're, yeah. we're done with that we're, we're done with and that. like i said from from a from a recruiter standpoint i i never forget uh the last year i went to peach jam uh down in augusta i interviewed cam thomas now cam thomas is a rookie with the new jersey nets now uh went to lsu he was an nc state target and nc state mm. was he's from virginia he really liked nc state i never forget him coming off the court and I and I asked him a question. Something, some update that just happened in their case. And I asked him about it. And you could tell his face that was the first time he had heard about it. And you could yeah. just see the wheels turning his head, like, oh man, they got NCAA over them now. And I was like, wait. And then <laughs> he ended think? up he, he ended up going to LSU, which may be an even worse trouble. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> but still, I mean, just you know, players and and kids yeah, don't have to, yeah. have to worry about that type of thing anymore going over recruits. So. Well, and and it's and the other part of it is it's less sort of them, then the negative recruiting that goes on. You know, every yeah. kid who's thinking about NC State isn't going to have to hear about from some other assistant coach at LSU or Virginia Tech or wherever. Hey, you know, are you sure you want to go there? You know, they're going to get slapped around by the NCAA. You ought to look into that. You take that off the table. It's it's just, you know, one little piece of negative recruiting that's not an issue. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's not – I mean, when, when we talked to Boo, Boo was like, hey – you know, these are not insignificant penalties, you know, scholarships, recruiting. These are, this is a big deal, but in reality, yeah. they're doing yeah. jumping jacks over that, over there. This is a, this is a best is a case win. scenario. It's a this huge a win. win. It's a huge yeah. win. You know, as, and as I wrote, like they, they ended, this is a very small price to pay for whatever did or didn't happen with Dennis Smith and Mark Godfrey in Orlando early. But the reality is NC State's been paying the price for years. This isn't the bill coming due. The bill's been coming due year after year after year as the program has been unable to to make the to generate the same traction it would have otherwise because this stuff was hanging over its head. And now it's done. And now NC State can move forward. The, the future is now. So this is all that that's what today was about, if, if you ask me. Let's uh let's talk briefly here about football, because you and I are both headed to San Diego in a few days. Uh really tough sledding there. And, and we're gonna no. we're gonna gut it Robert. out. Gonna get it out. Tough work if you can get it. Tough, good work if you can get it, but tough, somebody I, gotta do it. I know there were NC State fans who were unhappy with the holiday bowl. Uh, I know, I know that there was a segment of the fan base that was, you know, took one look at the airfares and, and kind of, you know, lost their minds. 
which, yeah. hey, it's fair. Like, I honestly, if the NNL weren't paying to send me there, I would not be going like to visit friends in San Diego this week <laughs> or whatever. I would not be, you know, taking a taking a, a, a spa weekend at the Hotel Dell. But it, even if you can't drive there, and I look, man, I've said this on Twitter, you've been there. I would rather play in the heart of uh, heart of darkness bowl somewhere, whatever the, 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 what the Shreveport. Okay. I would rather go to the independence bowl than Orlando between Christmas and new year's. Like I'd rather have my fingernails pulled out than, than, <laughs> than fly into the Orlando airport during the holidays. And I get that NC state state fans don't mind because they can drive. And a lot of them do drive to Orlando uh, Jacksonville. I'm fine with, because it's not the same. You're not dealing with Disney and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jack, and it's an easier drive, you know, that, that, that's good too. So I get why people would rather go to Charlotte or obviously Atlanta uh, or the Gator bowl or, 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 or the Orlando bowl. Uh, you know, I, I get, I get all of that, but I got to tell you one, I've covered the sun bowl, which is like the holiday bowl. And that these are like old school, traditional, we don't care if any of your fans actually come. We just we're going to sell enough tickets in town and put on a good enough show on national TV. It's not an ESPN bowl. Like these are these are the best bowls. They're like the bowls that used to be bowls. Like Mm. you get to go tour Navy ships and you get to, you know, all this crazy stuff. To me, the holiday bowl and the sun bowl are the ACC's two best bowls because Mm. they're the real bowl experiences. Like, you know what the thing in El Paso is like the Charlotte Bowl happens and there's fans from whatever. You know, South Carolina, North Carolina, or Virginia Tech, and what and and Missouri, what what whoever it is, they're there, and it's fine. It's easy to get to if you're state or Carolina or Duke, or whatever. Right. But does the city of Charlotte, like city of Charlotte, really care that much? I mean, I think people and some people in Charlotte do, and the, I'm not saying the city and the Charlotte Sports Foundation, whatever, the they they do a really nice job of putting on a good bowl game. I'm not saying that they did when it was the Mineke Car Care Bowl and the Belk Bowl, and they do now. That that's not my point, but. In El Paso, the Sun Bowl it. is it. That's it. It yeah. is the big deal that day. And the Holiday Bowl isn't quite the same as San Diego, but it's also San Diego, which is really right. cool in its own right. And the first time, what's first time NC State's played in California since the what the Freedom Bowl? Since like the 60s, sometime in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, like forever yeah. and ever and ever. Amen. So I, com- I was about to say, I compare it to, and I'm sure I know you've been here before, to the first four, when you go to the first four in Dayton. Like that's have you been to the first floor? I've never. That's one of the few things I haven't covered. Okay, so I, I thought you had been there. So I went there three straight years of Central. Yeah, and you can oh, tell. Yeah. You can tell like that town looks forward to that every single year, and it's, it's like a it's a huge the, deal. It's sure. a huge deal. Yeah. So if it's anything like that, then I know it's gonna be a great bowl because every year you can pack pack gym. I mean, of course the teams will bring their fans, but you just tell the whole town shuts down for that for that first floor. So I can imagine. Yeah, that's how. I mean, like I said, San Diego is not like El Paso, but I can imagine just like I said, old school bowl. They're going to put on a good show for everyone in town. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, there was a, a, a period of time when it looked like UNC might be going there, and I was kind of rooting for that. And then State ends up there, and and I, I get why people were like, no, anything but San Diego, then we can't go. But one it, for the players, especially this, especially and during COVID. Like to have this kind of experience is going to be awesome. And a lot of guys on this team get, you know, like, like have never been to California, maybe never seen the Pacific. Uh, that happened. I've never, been, I've never been to California. A lot of, a lot of writers may never have seen the <laughs> So, you know, it's a chance for, for kids who, you know, maybe have grown up in the ACC footprint, 
you know, have, 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 haven't crossed the Rockies. Uh, you know, this is a chance to, to get out there and see it. So I, I'm excited. I, I think it's a great reward for a good season. And I understand if fans don't share that perspective and they would rather be in Orlando or Jacksonville. And, and that's fine. I get that. I get that. But I think for the players, especially, and for the media that that's going to get to go, I mean, I love San Diego, so that's no, no pulling teeth here. Uh, it, it's going to, it's a really cool experience. And then just the bowl experience, whether that's for players or staffers or coaches, even like, let's not forget, this is a reward for coaches too. Like if you're like the assistant running backs coach, you get to spend a week in San Diego and right. you're going to practice <laughs> exactly. a little bit, but it's a reward for them too. So I, I, I think it's cool. I get, as I, as I said about 19 times, now, I get why people may not have been that excited about it. I heard about it too. Cause I said any, I basically tweeted anything but Orlando, like, please, anything I have, you know, and, and the last time someone had to go to Orlando, I think you flew solo, right? I didn't go. No, I, I've never been to Orlando. Never been. Thought, I, yeah, was, I, I've, was, I've been was, to Orlando, but I've never, I never covered the sport. It was UNC when UNC went and played Baylor without a quarterback and Baylor ran for oh, yeah, 7,000 yeah, yeah. yards in the game. I, 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 I managed to weasel my way out of that one. No, I, I, the last two, the last bowl game I covered was the uh, Gator Bowl when Texas A&M uh, ran up and down the field against NC State. Yeah, and I, I, did, I didn't go to that one either, and I can't remember why off the top of my head. But uh, I think – I can't remember why. But so, sometimes with bowl games, it's hard to make the case to send two people, especially if a team's had a disappointing season. So this yeah, this, is this one – Yeah, the, and, and part of it is because not as many people are going to get to go. You know, more people are going to be wondering what it's like out there than, than maybe they usually would. So it sort of behooves us as a as a as a news outlet to to put a few more boots on the ground. And Ethan Hyman's going to go too. So we'll, it's it's a big it's a big crew for a bowl game, but I think I think it's totally worth it. I'm like I'm I'm all for it, not just because it's San Diego. I would say the same thing if, if NC State were in El Paso because I I just think those are cool games, and I get that fans don't get to go and be there, but it's a super cool experience. So. Anything you're particularly looking forward to about your first trip to California? I've always wanted to go to San Diego. I just, I just want to enjoy the weather. I want to be the weather to be even keel for, for three or four days in a row. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, oh, also looking forward to trying uh, the food out there. I'm always, you know, tacos out there in San Diego. So yeah, the food, the food is the food is good. You've had In and Out Burger, right? No, I've had a Whataburger. Never had In and Out. Never had In and Out Burger. So you have to try that. I mean, I get. It's not as good as everyone says it is, but it's I, I enjoy it and it, I, I will. It's worth seeking out. I like Whataburger too. I like all of it. Was it was it the NIT where we had the discussion with Kevin Keats about Whataburger, or was that in? It was last year. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, it was Whataburger. Mm -hmm. They were in Texas, and that's when I had my Whataburger. But I went in, I went to Texas in March for the NCAA women's tournament. But yes, it was there. It was it was the NIT. Yeah, yeah. I think it might even have been in and out. I think they might have had an in and out over there. I think they have they have it in Texas now. I would, I would have to look. I know that we had this sort of conversation on a Zoom call and then someone else like used it on Greensboro TV. <laughs> yeah. And then Wes Moore came to a press conference from Texas with his Whataburger cup in his hand. Yeah. Well, perfect. Perfect. I, I, I can't remember what it is, but I know that I got a text from a friend of mine who lives in Greensboro and he's like, why were you asking Kevin Keats about cheeseburgers? And apparently one of the Greensboro TV stations like used that in their newscast, which suggests it was an extremely slow news day. <laughs> Anything else you're looking forward to about the bowl game? Seeing or covering or any of that? I, I mean, I really want to see this team get their 10th win. That would be a big deal. I mean, obviously that's a big deal because it won't be the second time it's ever happened. So I really want 
I really want to see them celebrate that. And, you know, so many people have been hard on Doran this year. And I'm like, they got nine wins. Okay, gracious. I, I really, I really would love to see him get that, that 10th win and just kind of say, hey, guys, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, 10 wins is hard to come back. So you stuck yeah. with me for a while. I'll, I'll make the counterpoint on that, which is just when you beat Clemson, you open a door that's been closed to you before. And the number of wins doesn't matter to me. The chance to play for division title to me is, is more significant. Yeah. And, you know, the loss at Miami, which I, I, I will say the loss at Miami looks better now than it did then. Miami finished the season really well. And the Tyler Van Dyke kick can flat out play. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so that, that looks a little better than it did at the time. And also Miami's losses were like to Michigan state and then two other Alabama. losses by a, at Alabama. And then the other two yeah. to Virginia and UNC were like a five field goal. So, you know, Miami's resume looks better now than it did when NC State lost. But then, you know, yeah. the weight game and, you know, it, it all uh, it all sort of is what it is when you get down to it. Um, but that that to me was just the, you know, the, the missed opportunity there to use a Ron Rivera phrase uh, of, of finally getting over the hump against Clemson and then not being able to seal the deal. But that said, you know, I think nine wins, 10 wins, Holiday Bowl, that, you know, you still that's still a good season. And you have a lot of seasons like that. You'll be fine. I just want to point out for the record here, Jonas. Uh, Wednesday, March 17th, 5, 12 p.m. I remember, actually, I think I was on the highway to Indianapolis at the time. I got a text from Kevin Keats. Just ate an animal cheeseburger. Not bad. So that was indeed In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> let the record let the record show. And uh, and we'll have we'll get you to try one of those in San Diego as well. Yeah. So, what do you think of the new podcast so far? Love it. That's it. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge fan. Thanks, everyone. Big podcast guy. Thanks, big podcast guy. Thanks, everybody, for listening along. Uh, I'm Luke DeCock, Jonas Pope with me. Uh, As I said, I won't be hosting or quote unquote hosting uh, every one of these. So there will be some some new voices at some point. I think CL Brown's on the hook for the next one. Talk a little bit about UNC. So I may or may not be along for the ride on that one. Either way, thank you for listening. And uh, I believe the next one is uh, is coming Friday. We're going to try to do Fridays and then Monday or Tuesday. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And thank you for listening.